I'm excited to announce that we are now on Patreon. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. If you don't have failures along the way, if you don't experience the rough ride of the roller coaster, you don't learn anything. Yeah. And, and you're right. You don't have much to offer. You have, you have nothing to offer. Let's dig into it. We have Walt Theason, host of LOA Today, graduate of Thai boot camp. Uh, I, I will not. I will not necessarily call you a Thai practitioner because it's up to you to identify as that or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you identify as a Thai practitioner? Uh, just about every day, actually. There's a lot of practice that goes into it. Oh, good. Yeah, there is a lot of practice that goes into it. I, I, uh, I don't joke around at all that it's uh, it's work. Yeah, it's work to detune the matrix, essentially, the the matrix that teaches us what to believe and what to think and how to think and what to do and all of that stuff. We, we are systematically uh, or systemically, if you want to pronounce it that way, mm-hmm. uh, detuning the matrix, really, because when we detune the matrix, that's detuning our ego and allowing more source. I talk about this every day but what i don't talk about every day and what i really want to get into with you today because you're the guru of law of attraction you're mr <laughs> LA today yeah the, the, the law of attraction is really what started all this yeah because I, I i always tell the story that i remember understanding law of attraction even though i didn't know it was called that when i was 14 back in 1982 telling my older brother doug who by the way now has a podcast and a book cool okay he's a coach uh he's retired from his career uh kind of like i did a few years ago and he is uh doing business coaching but through a a christian mindset okay all right so i was talking to my my sister yesterday and my siblings and i could not be more different my brother is christian conservative um very conservative in his personal life uh, very different than me, certainly not into what I do, mm. uh, but very, very Christian and very religious. Mm-hmm. But, you know, corporate background for many, many years. Uh, and now he's retired from his corporate job and he's consulting and coaching and, and teaching a, a team focused business mindset with definitely a, a Christian flavoring to it. Right. My sister is an attorney and a skeptic of everything and doesn't necessarily believe in any of this. And I I don't think she would identify herself as an atheist, but I would probably identify her as an atheist. I don't think she really believes that deeply in anything other than what's, you know, 3D tangible stuff. So we're all so different. We're like this triangulation, this triangle of, of just very different personalities. And she was like, oh my God, now both my brothers have a podcast. Both of you have written a book. And you're both out there doing the same damn thing, but very differently. I said, yes, it's very differently. <laughs> for sure. So the the law of attraction part of it was, was what got me into all of this. And then hearing other law of attraction thought leaders, teachers, and, and going deeper into, okay, but I think there's more than this. I think there's more than just law of attraction here. I, I think that because where people have the disconnect is, well, okay, if law of attraction is real and applies to everything because it's a law, then how did I attract being abused as a young child? Sure. Oh, yeah. That was a big one. I'm sure that comes up in your world all the time. 
Absolutely. Because people want to hear all about attracting more money and, and better looks and better health and, and more fun and more joy and all this stuff. But they don't want to hear about how they attracted the unwanted stuff. Yeah. And don't necessarily want to take ownership of the fact that they're not necessarily where they want to be. Because I, I think if... I think if you are exactly where you want to be, you're probably not out chasing the law of attraction. You're just living and doing it. Right? Although I will say this, I am seeing more and more people coming into my program anyway, who they may not like the fact that they're attracting stuff that they don't like, but they don't jump to the conclusion anymore that, well, no, it can't apply in that area. They, 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 they've gotten enough pushback from people saying, yeah, it does, that they, they kind of realize, well, yeah, it probably does. I just don't want to admit it too much on the air. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to claim it. I don't want to claim ownership of that. Or it's frustrating because you don't yet understand how. Yeah, yeah. Especially for the young child stuff. I totally understand someone that was mistreated as a child. I think you could argue that I was mistreated as a child. You know, how did I attract yeah. that as a six-year-old, seven-year-old? Um, but I understand that. It took a long time, and it, it was amazing work. Now that I look back, it was such an expansive thing for me to delve into all that and do that work of how did I, how did I align with that? How did I attract all of that stuff mm. that was unwanted? And how today am I still attracting unwanted things in my path? We just did your show talking about that. Right. Because we both just experienced some major life events that I don't think we were looking to attract. Not really. No, they were not at the top of our list. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mine wasn't on my list at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to be honest. I It wasn't on my list consciously. But if I'm really, really honest with myself, what happened was kind of subconsciously on my list. It's like in my mind, I was trying to pull together things that really didn't go together. And I didn't, I hadn't really come to grips with the fact that if I kept doing that, I was going to lose one of them. And the one that I was going to lose was my marriage. Mm. I, I, I wasn't really, I, I wasn't ready for that emotionally. But as I look back on things that I've been focusing on that I was trying to bring into my life, they weren't going to work in the marriage. They yeah. just weren't. Yeah, and to catch everybody listening up, in case we have some people that listen to Stream of David that don't listen to uh, LOA today. Mm, and I, good point. Uh, catch them up a little bit on what, um, what's going on for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, October 7th, 2022, a day that will live in my conscious mind for the rest of my life, I'm sure. Um, it was a Friday. I finished doing the LOA Today podcast with Debbie G and Neil Positivity. We had a great show. had a good guest. Really good time. And came out of the office and found a letter from my wife saying she was leaving me and that the marriage was over. And as you might imagine, considering the fact that we hadn't even talked about anything like that, it was a complete and total shock. Sent me deep into a spiral, way, way down. I mean, I found other areas of the spiral I didn't even know existed. That's how low it got. Well, and you were you were living together. You weren't separated or anything. No, like no, no. There, I mean, there were. I had. If I look back now, I can see clues. I mean, you can always tell after the fact. But at the time, I, I thought we were doing fine. So it, it really blindsided me. I was very grateful that I've been doing the show for so long and have so many great friends who came to my rescue. I mean, I, I called some of my, my closest you know, co-hosts and so forth who were therapists and coaches, and, and they really just got me through the worst weekend of my life. Um, but it was also a sort of a starting point for a whole bunch of things. Cause once you go down the spiral, first of all, that's part of a, a main driving force right there. But 
there were also things tied to the marriage that also were just going to fall apart anyway because the marriage was falling apart. So my marriage dis was disappearing. My income was disappearing. My living situation was disappearing. My vehicle was disappearing. And oh, by the way, I got COVID 18 days later. So wow. <laughs> everything, it was just like, whoa, I've been run over by a tank. Yeah, it wasn't very fun. Yeah, because you were kind of co-mingled in all of those things, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Now, I was really glad that I had the Taya practice behind me. I knew that. And, and by the way, I don't just use Taya. There are a number of things that I use. I right. use it. Li and literally that weekend, I was using everything I could think of. Yeah. Because... Well, I know that about you. That's why I said I didn't want to come on and, and try to say, you know, you're just a Taya person and that's it because I know that you employ a lot, which is fine. Oh, God, yeah. The Taya practice is not dogma. You know, you definitely, every belief system has value. I always say every belief system has the value that you choose to give to it because you're oh, yeah. the one giving it the power whether it's Catholicism or, or atheism or, you know, believing that politics is the ultimate power over your life or money or you know, any number of things, you know, you can weave and craft your own belief system mm -hmm. and have that produce your reality. Yeah. I what I found practice. with the tire practice, the tire practice, the, the great strength of the tire practice is digging deep into what they call the transgressor roots and, and, and unearthing those and helping to gene tune those, um, which everybody in the Thai community knows those terminologies, so I don't have to explain it, but <laughs> which I usually well, you know, in, in case anybody's listening that's kind of new to all of this or new to the podcast at all, Taya is a mindset practice that I've created. Uh, it stands for trust your abundance because I have come to understand that the trust part is the most important part because we are living abundant lives, but we are the ones that separate ourselves from the abundance of nature. We see abundance demonstrated in nature all the time, not perfection, but abundance. And so, yes, we are abundant beings, but our own mind is the thing that separates us from abundance. And, and what separates us or an animal or anything else from abundance is fear. Mm -hmm. You get into that fear mode and suddenly maybe you're not so abundant. So Taya is all about detuning everything that holds you away from trust. Well, the things that hold you away from trust are the very things that you've encountered in your life that have created all of your fears, whether they're, they seem rational or not, everything that you've encountered so far in your lifetime has created what we call abundance blocks. So when we start detuning transgressors, you start detuning your abundance blocks. And then that natural state of abundance that we also refer to as source or the universe or God or your higher self or whatever, that starts to flow more and more and more. But that flowing does not necessarily look like what I call the Instagram version hmm. of abundance. It is not always yachts and, and beautiful people around you and, and travel and beautiful homes and, the, and a fleet of cars. I think it can be that, certainly. I think anyone that's experiencing that is, has manifested that. But what this, this lifting of your vibration does is it allows you to experience life in a more joyful way but it also moves things out of your life that are no longer serving you, which is, I think, what happened. And you can say if you agree with this or not. But to me, you I know you did a lot of work in boot camp. You've done a lot of work with all of these your things in your belief system that have shifted your vibration. And really, at the end of the day, you just weren't vibrationally aligned with the other party or the, the set of circumstances anymore. And so I, they I totally exited, exited your experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to kind of make it easier on me since then, uh, we're now officially divorced as of last month. And since then, I've been seeing more and more from her 
that reinforces this is the right direction. This yeah. is definitely the right direction. By the way, what, that's a fast divorce that you manifested because both yeah. of mine, I've had two, and both of mine took many, many months, but they didn't have to, but they did. They yeah, up. yeah. Well, uh, I live in Connecticut, and Connecticut does have a fast track for couples that are in agreement. There's there's no cont contesting going on with the divorce, and we were you know totally non-contesting. So yeah. we were able to fast track it. That, that, and, and to show you how fast we were able to fast track it, we actually didn't file until January. Um, for tax reasons, because we wanted to make sure we weren't screwing up the last tax year. And the divorce decree came through, I think, three weeks later. So it was pretty darn quick. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, I know. Both of mine, one in Washington State and one in California, both took many months. <laughs> to almost a year, I think, uh, to complete. And they were not contested. Easy. Should have been easy, but long. Mm, good yeah. for you. Congratulations that you got sort of in and out of that process swiftly. And, and what's really interesting about it is... I mean, obviously, when you go through a, a divorce, a, a major separation like that, you're separating everything about your lives that you've had entwined for all these years. We were married 23 years. And in the course of doing that, you, you get most of it done by the time the divorce is done. But there's still stuff. I mean, we, we don't have children, but if we had children, there would be an example of something that get, you get in, intertwined with that for you know, years to come. Um, we didn't have that situation. But one thing that we did have was I had been managing her business for uh, the last three or four years. She had a gardening service maintenance business locally. And oddly enough, the way the whole, I won't go through the whole story of how the whole thing uh, is playing out, but she decided she didn't want to do it anymore. And I'm in the process of buying her out to run that business, a business that I, I don't even know gardening. <laughs> I'm not a gardener, <laughs> but we have great people on staff. And so that's what I count on. So there is an example of how out of this crazy situation, something totally unexpected happened that's actually helping to, in the short term, iron out one of those issues I mentioned, because one of the issues I mentioned was my income was going away. Well, guess what? My income came back. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what happened here? <laughs> yeah, so, if you, if you the, the, the sooner you, and, and this is a Taya thing, the faster you authentically appreciate something, mm -hmm. Faster it solves. And I yeah. say solves because you don't even have to solve it. Usually it just solves itself. It solves unexpectedly. That's the fun. Yeah. Part. When you get into that, that's, that's cool that you had that experience. It's yeah. pretty magical, right? Yeah. And, and it's actually, uh, it's, it, it's providing stability, but it's also funding my next project because my next project involves paying, uh, software developers. And I've actually been trying to work on it for the last year and a half with some difficulties that I'm hopefully going to iron out fairly soon, but. I mean, it's 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 really going to take me to the next stage that I'm pretty sure once I get there, all the things that I've been trying to be abundant about where finances are concerned finally start to come true for me. So could that have happened while I was married? Yeah, to an extent, but I won't go into all the stuff because some of that has to do with just her and my stuff. But there there were things that were in the way of that, that were slowing it down. And I think what what has been the unexpected consequence of, of the divorce in this particular situation, in this particular case, is that it's actually going to speed up something I've been wanting for quite some time, which was that financial abundance. Yeah. So now I wouldn't have expected that. I would not have predicted that. But looking back, yeah, that's really what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, well as you know, when people come into Taya Boot Camp, one of the things I tell them is that when you start doing this work and start shifting what we call your default vibration, everything's going to change. Mm. And that person that you're in a relationship with might exit. 
I, that's kind of a little little disclaimer I give to everyone that you know you're going to have the the whole landscape of friendships and associations and things change. But the clarity that you get in all of that is the more you work on raising your vibe, the more people who are aligned with that higher vibrational version of you are going to enter your life, and the people that are not are going to exit. And I'm not trying to say that's what happened with your wife because that's not our business, but but I think that, it is actually true though. I think it actually is, that is what happened. The way I explain it to people who are not Taya is we grew apart. We yeah. got to the point where my, you my growth, a different path and, and those paths just can't be compatible yeah, yeah. when you're really working on the vibe. Yeah. I, I mean, when, when she and I first met, she was more spiritually advanced than I was. I am now much more spiritually advanced than she is. And we have, we, we haven't been coming together. We've been going further and further apart on that. Well, that's pretty much something you can't sustain. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. So you you manifested a, a blowing up of all of the things that were sort of holding you back from your true soul desire, right? For expansion, and I and I've already covered everything that happened with me in, in last week's episode. So if you haven't heard that, you can go back and listen to all that. But yeah, I I I needed that too. <clears throat> the things that were going on for me was I was blissed out. I was so blissed out that I wasn't challenged anymore. But there were a few little things that needed to shift that were that were not so blissful. And so this whole thing that happened for me around that same time disrupted all that. Mm -hmm. All of that for Michael too. We're very different people now th than we were before the fire. Wow. And I think we're better versions of ourselves now than we were before the fire. And, and, and you remember what you said when you were on my podcast last September? What did I say? You remember, that's where we were talking about how you'd been at such a high vibe place for a bit. And 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 you said, you know, I, uh, it was getting boring. So I, uh, you wanted to go. Yeah, I, I, yeah you're right. I did say that. I was <laughs> in that space last fall that, hey, this is getting boring. I, I need to shake things up. I didn't intentionally mean to shake things up by burning my house down. Yeah. But, uh, you know, th things were, were shaken up. And we had, you know, a few things go on. Like I said, I talked about that in depth in the last episode. But, um, you know, that, that, the the world works in mysterious ways. The universe works in mysterious mm -hmm. ways. And those mysterious ways bring the most special, most expansive experiences if you're not judging them the way that the matrix teaches us to judge. So the matrix would say, well, gosh, you know, how abundant are you when your house burned down? How abundant are you when you lost everything? You know, and all of that sort of thing. But that's the matrix talking. That's very 3D, very black and white um, you know, very, um, Instagram, you know, thinking that everything has to be fabulous all the time. And that's what expansion expansion is. Well, it's not, you can have a lot of material wealth flowing and not be expanding as, as an eternal consciousness at all. In fact, you could probably be going in the opposite way. If you've got so much abundance flowing that you're losing your depth. Mm, good point. Yeah, because I, I've been around people that have a lot of money and a lot of things, and their whole world is that. Yeah. Because the whole belief system is that I need a new watch, I need a new handbag, I need a brand new version of my car, I need the latest iPhone, I need a trinket, even if it's a house, you know, I need some sort of a trinket to bring joy. And there's never an end to the need for these trinkets to bring joy because I'm not really authentically joyful in the first place. And not only is there no end to it, there's also no satisfaction in it. I'm, I'm yeah, thinking- No true satisfaction, that's true. I, 
I'm thinking of one particular guest who was on my program. I, I, I've made reference to this poor guy many times because he's the only podcast episode I didn't publish. <laughs> Out of all the years I've been doing this, that was the only time I didn't publish an episode. And, and the reason I didn't publish it is because he was a guy who uh, made his million in his first attempt as a, as a teenager. He, 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 I mean, he had worked hard for a couple of years, but he made it. He got there. And he didn't really have any failures along the way. It just, it all went smooth, 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 which meant, first of all, when it came to becoming a coach, which is what he tries to be now, he had nothing to teach anybody because right. what he teach them was, well, it all goes smoothly. Well, most people say, oh, no, it doesn't go all that smoothly. So yeah. he didn't have anything he could help them with. But to compensate for that, for that lack of, of personal knowledge, that personal data, he has a very strong tendency to be caustically sarcastic. So when he came onto my program, for instance, he started attacking my co-host who couldn't make it for that episode, but he had read her website and he was attacking her for what was on her website, even though she wasn't there to defend herself. Oh, wow. I said, no, you don't get to do that on my show. I'm sorry, that's not allowed. <laughs> and yeah. so I started going you know, back and forth with him a little bit and you know, basically probing, probing him on some of the things that we would talk about here. And everything that I, I was probing him on, he was pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. I said, okay, okay, fine. Then I won't probe any of this, but I don't, now I'm not sure what we can talk about because everything that I bring up, you just try to attack. And ultimately that's what led me that, plus the fact that he was attacking my co-host wasn't even on the show. That basically convinced me I'm not gonna publish the episode, but it also convinced me of something else. If you don't have failures along the way, if you don't experience the rough ride of the roller coaster, you don't learn anything. Yeah. And, and you're right. You don't have much to offer. offer. You, have, you have nothing to offer. Yeah. There, there's some, uh, there's a fitness guru guy that, that shows up on social media and I, I see a lot of his ads. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to tell me something. And, you, you know, he's his early 20s, great shape. It's it's always how good he looks for that. He's always, I've never seen the dude with a shirt on, you know, it's, hey, he looks really good. And he's always selling some program, but where's the before picture of you where you were 300 pounds or where's the picture where you were a scrawny little, little, little skinny guy and you've done all this without, you know, steroids and things like that. Where's that story? Because I'm not getting that. I'm just getting that you're a really good looking guy. You're in really good shape. I don't even know if he's 25 years old, but now he's a fitness guru. Mm -hmm. And, you know, tell me you're a fitness guru when you're like 40, you know, and you've yeah. battled, you know, with weight and, and, and you know, staying in shape and injuries and all of this sort of thing. You know, that's the fitness guru. If, not that I want one, but if I wanted one, that's who I would want. I want the coach that has been through some things. Right. That has messed up and failed. And you're right. The, the, the people that get that early success and they sort of just continue to ride that wave and their whole spiel is, well, look how successful I am. Look how much money I made. And I did it so early. And there's nothing other than that. That's great for them. But there's nothing really to coach there other than, Hey, I aligned with success early on. Sometimes I aligned with success because, you know, daddy gave me a few million bucks to start my business. <laughs> I know you, well. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, all I had was a couple of million dollars from my dad. You know, yeah, yeah. I did it myself. Yeah. That's not the <laughs> definition of doing it yourself, but for some people it is, everybody lives in their own reality and that's a belief system too. So I guess I have to, to honor that. But, um, it reminds that, me of the old cliche about what it takes to make a small fortune in the winemaking industry. And that is you start with a large fortune. Start with a large, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, every person I know that's in the wine industry is it's a passion thing, then they lose money right. every year. On it. Yeah, it's a tax write off, I guess. Yeah. Well, they, they, it's also fun. That's why yeah. that's why they do it, you know. And I think there's yeah, Napa lifestyle. You know, I used to live yeah. uh, in Marin County, which was pretty close. So it was like the county below Napa County, or Sonoma County, Napa. And um, you know, there is that that lifestyle exists, where they're eating good food and they're drinking good wine yeah. and they're sitting out on their porch with a cigar, you know, looking out over the land, and that's their day to day, you know, existence. Right. It's nice. It's nice if uh, you know if that's something that you're. Uh, able to manifest, I think it's wonderful. It is wonderful, sure. But there's also another thing that goes along with it. Doesn't it get boring after a while? If you're interested in making the Taya practice your new way of life, listen to what a few of our Taya Bootcamp graduates have to say. My favorite thing about Bootcamp, I think, is finding that there's a community of manifestors. There's a community of people that aren't ashamed to bring amazing things into their lives that don't have to, to downplay it or make excuses for it that that we can all make magic. There's plenty of abundance in this world and that we can all get what we want if we choose to. They transform their lives with a new operating system and so can you. Click the link in the show notes and book your free, no obligation, Taya Bootcamp discovery session today. Now back to the show. Well, for me, everything gets boring after a while. <laughs> I, I haven't lived in one place more than... Uh, you know, the longest, the longest I've lived in a home is five years. Mm. And the longest I've lived in a city uh, was about eight years in Seattle. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I've been in, you know, gosh, Austin, Texas, Atlanta, uh, Orlando, Jacksonville, Florida, back to Orlando, Florida, Seattle, San Francisco, up to Marin, uh, down to Palm Springs, yeah, down out, out near Coachella, you know, outside of Palm Springs. Uh, I, I get bored and I get restless and I've got to pick up and go. Well, I think there's also something to be said for what we talk about a lot in Taya, which is the polarity, you know, you're, or I, what I like to call the polarity roller coaster. I seem to be the only one who calls it that, but, the, but to me, that's what just, well, so, yeah, when we talk about vibrational flow and I yeah. always do a little roller coaster symbol when I talk about that, if you're watching, um, yeah, it is a roller coaster. It is the twists and the turns and the ups and the downs and the, you know, all, all of that stuff is what creates the expansive journey that we come to life to have. And the really odd part about it is it's not necessarily fun, but you look back and you say, wow, that was really good. It's kind of like you yeah, got you know, well, I, and you're sick to your stomach, but it was exhilarating. <laughs> yeah, and it is exhilarating. And, and you know, in the moment, uh, it, it's not always fun. But the more you detune and the more you practice Taya, the more you start meeting those obstacles and joy. And I know now firsthand that was a concept from the stream, meeting obstacles and joy mm -hmm. that I had to catch up to. Mm -hmm. so I'm channeling this information from the stream and saying, meet your obstacles and joy. And I remember I wasn't completely like, I'm not quite sure what that means. That was years ago that I was in that space. And since that time with the practice of Taya, I now can authentically, and we're not about bypassing or bullshitting and, oh yeah, everything's just love and light. Uh, you know, it's always great. Well, th that's not what we do in Thai at all. We're very real. We like to talk about our failures because that's where we start to, to grow and, and compare notes and understand that when we have something that seems like a failure, that that's providing an opportunity to expand in as well. Right. Everything is. And so when you start to really live that, then when the house catches on fire, you don't go down your spiral. You don't start judging it. 
And my favorite saying now is that I have learned not to place the label of should not be mm. on things. Because as soon as you place that, you know, you know, you're reading the letter from your wife and you're thinking this shouldn't be, well, that creates the suffering in that experience. Oh, yeah. The house is burning down and you're sitting in the driveway, you know, watching the firemen run in and, you know, tear your house apart to put the fire out. And you're thinking this shouldn't be happening. Well, yeah, that's a traumatic experience that you're creating for yourself. Yeah. But you don't have to experience it that way. And that was my experience with the house burning. It was like, okay, this is what we're doing now. Which is pretty advanced. Let's be perfectly honest. Yeah, but I'm happy to share that because this is where I'm not special. I'm a human being like everyone else. My channeling was something that I I had the gift of a crappy childhood that caused me to always go inward and listen to that inner voice that we all have, and I never lost it. I think most people do sort of lose it in the matrix. I didn't have an option, so I listened to my inner voice, and that was my worthiness. That was understanding law of attraction. That was understanding that... I didn't have to be what everyone around me told me. I, I was told that I was a useless piece of crap and that I was going to be, you know, have this horrible life. And that I, because I wasn't a good student or a wanted child, that my life was going to be this horrible thing. Mm. And I had this inner voice saying, don't listen to that. You know, it's not about school. It's not about education. It's not about family money. It's not about any of that shit. It's about you believing that in your own worthiness, you believing that you can against the odds. And of course that became a game for me very early on. I don't need an education. I don't need this. I don't need that. I'm going to, to beat all of these odds and break the rules and be, and be my version of success hmm. without playing by the rules. And I did, and I was, and I still do. So that inner voice is what came, became the stream and the streams teachings from day one were always about here's the way to go inward and here's the way to tap into your own version of this. And here is, is what you get from that. So I love that about, you know, what we've gotten from the stream over the years. And of course, Taya just gives you the tools to take you there, but it's an inward journey. Your abundance is from within, not going and listening to some guru necessarily that gets you all pumped up in the, in the moment, just to turn you back into your regular day-to-day -day life that you go right back to who you were before within three days of your event that you paid a thousand dollars or whatever it was. It, it's also reminding me of something. Uh, I mean, you, you basically demonstrate what I would call a very advanced understanding, which you got to through all the work you've done on yourself and all the work, you know, all, all the, uh, the time and energy you spent in listening to that inner voice, which I thought was a great way of describing that. Um, but there are many people who have, you know, entered into this field, I've had many of them onto my podcast. I had hundreds of them on my podcast. And the, the one constant that I, I find really fascinating is there, there are so many people who have, who have, first of all, become big givers. They're, they're just trying so hard to help other people. And they've, they've made all kinds of, you know, ground with their, their own lives. They've, they've achieved many things. They've attracted many things. And yet for all of that, I, I can't think of anybody I'm, I'm kind of straining here. Maybe there is somebody, but it's not coming to mind right now. I can't think of anybody who's come out of the program who hasn't also had some area where it was pretty obvious to me they still haven't worked on that one area yet. And it, it often shows up in terms of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll often it shows up after the show, actually. You know what it's like after, you know, after a show, we do an after show conversation very often. And during those conversations, like there, there was a guest who was on just last week, I think. And 
and she was fabulous. She was just absolutely fabulous guest. And then afterwards, she starts giving me all these conspiracy theories about how the world's going to be ending in the next couple of years. I'm thinking, okay, is this the same person I was speaking to 20 minutes ago? <laughs> it was, it was the same person, you know? But it was just an example of how she had something she hadn't detuned yet. She had something she hadn't actually looked at yeah. in depth in terms of what she was attracting. Well, that's a good point. We all do. And, yeah. and what I love about going down the spiral in the lower vibration, which we all do, it, it gives you an opportunity to see what shows up down here. Right. You know, what's what's down there lurking in the vibrational basement that's still a transgressor that I haven't thought about. In my example of that, I, I'm going back, what, two years now, the the um, the January 6th, you know, riot at the Capitol in the United oh, States. Oh, right, right, yeah. How that took me plummeting down my spiral because I was judging it so harshly. Mm -hmm in the moment until I caught my, I was really suffering in the moment. Mm. And what you'll notice is when you do a practice like this and you really start operating in a higher vibrational space, when you're not there, it becomes even more uncomfortable. Mm. In the matrix, you're in that that lower vibrational space so much and, and social media and media in general keep you there that you're, you, you, you don't really notice it. You don't notice that you're down there in what we call negative five uh, compliancy it, it's not despair, it's not depression, it's not rage, but there's this dullness to it that when you start raising your vibe above that in general, when you get back down just to negative five, which isn't that low on the spiral, we're using a spiral you know, system here, Right. then all of a sudden it's a lot more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I always say it's, it's like flying in coach your whole life and then suddenly you spend a year flying in first class. And then one day, first class is full, something's going on, you get bumped back to coach, and suddenly coach is the worst experience you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> because you've gotten used to sitting in first class, and that right. coach really, so you're like, God, it really sucks back here. It's cramped, and they're not really nice to you, and, you know, what is all this? So it's it's kind of that same that same scenario where when you do raise your, your general vibration, you dip down a little bit, you notice, but that has a purpose as well, mm -hmm. because that then gives the advanced practitioner, okay, why am I down here? Well, mm -hmm. that day I really went down my spiral and I, I got really uncomfortable. I was really upset by the whole thing. And then I caught myself and I, I have this tool to do this. Like, what, wait, is this even worth going down my spiral over? I don't give power to politics in the first place. Mm -hmm. Personally, I, I see a lot of suffering out there because people give power to politics yeah. and they think it's everything and they think their way is the right way and the opposite way is the wrong way. They don't realize how divided they're being, you know, how much they're being divided to to fight against each other while all the politicians are kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. they're sitting around, they're all doing the same stuff and they're saying, hey, let's just keep them fighting and then we're going to go over here and, you know, make millions of dollars in the stock market and do all of these things. So. Yeah, politics was actually a big deal for me for many years. I don't know if you knew this. My 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 degree was in government and political science, and I was a political libertarian for many many years, and very deeply you know entrenched in it. And and I I, I wasn't necessarily uh, the kind of person who went looking for a fight or something like that, but I had very very strong views about all of that. That that was one of the things I actually had to detune. It wasn't listed as one of my three transgressors when I was in boot camp, but for all intents and purposes, it really was. It's probably a pretty big one. It was we call those branches. The things that you develop yeah. post, post early childhood are usually branches of something else. Right. And that's a big branch for you, or it was a big branch for you. I'm right. Sure. Yeah. But a lot of people are they they think you know you get so drawn into a political narrative and you choose that as your side based on your your reality up until then and you 
start believing that it's so important that your beliefs are validated and that anybody that has anything counter to that, it used to be like friendly, you know, you, the, the, the two sides could be friendly. Well, that has gone away, you know, and it's so divided now and there's so much in, infighting now and there's no such thing as just being an American anymore. You know, that's gone. Everything, everything now is your right or left or, or, and if you're not my side, you're the wrong side. And that's not what the country was when I was a kid. You know, it was a little divided for sure, but it's just getting in more and more and more so. And we say that we're moving deeper into the matrix, but I think some people are moving deeper in the matrix because the matrix really is crumbling. And in the, the questioning of the matrix, it's a vibration, it's an energy. It wants to survive. So it's going to continue to come on stronger and stronger and stronger and saying, no, 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 everything is black and white. Everything is left or right. You've got to pick a side. And that is the matrix. That is the matrix. But we are questioning more. We're becoming more intelligent, believe yeah. it or not. And we're causing it to, to crumble. That's why it's, it's, it's coming on stronger and stronger. I believe that's why COVID happened. And, you know, all of these disruptions mm -hmm. that we see across humanity, uh, weather change, all of these things that, that we see going on is just a result of humanity disrupting that matrix because we are becoming more intelligent beings. More, and more connected, I would say. I, I don't necessarily think that the vast majority of people are connecting in the way that you and I and those of us in this community uh, do it. But nevertheless, even people who don't fit our particular profile, they're still doing it themselves. They, they, they see it differently, they experience it differently, they express it differently. But they're doing it. They're they're vibration raising, and in that vibration raising process, what they're also doing is starting to get to the point where, and this is this is really happening across not just American culture but cultures around the world, where people are just becoming less and less interested in this whole political stuff. I mean, the, yeah. the way the way I broke out of it myself, and this, this is the way I remind myself that I really have nothing to gain from from all paying attention to all the political stuff. I kind of do it like, you know, vicariously a little bit, but I never get into it directly anymore. What I remind myself is no one ever wins in politics. There, it's a negative sum game. Everybody always loses. Even the ones who seem to win are still losing on net when you really look at it up close. You know, they're, they're gaining in this one particular area and they're paying for it big over here. And, and, and that's the same pattern over and over again. Well, I, I don't think I'm the only one who's noticed that. I think a lot of people are noticing that. And in noticing it, they're saying, I'm less interested in that than I was before. I yeah. just don't care about that as it's much. It's the same story replayed over and over and over again. Uh, I was, um, I, I don't watch a lot of television and I don't like most television shows. I like a handful. But I, for some reason, started watching old episodes of the TV show Dallas late at night. Oh, wow. A while back. Yeah. Dallas started in 1978. Right, yeah. And I lived about two hours outside of Dallas. So even when I was a little kid, I was really into the show. And of course, it was the biggest show on television for many, many years. You know, that whole who shot JR thing, we're really aging ourselves <laughs> now. You know what that means. But it was a huge TV show. And I started watching the, these old, I found these old reruns on my you know, device. And, uh, and I thought, oh, I'm going to watch some of these. And it was, it's so dated and charming because there was no technology. Right. I love all the old cars that were on there and stuff. And it was just a whole different world. But then they got into this whole political thing and the political talking points were about health care and gun control portion. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, 40, 45 years later, we're still talking about the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
and not decided on it, is still debating it. And it's just stuff that gets under people's skin, motivates them to get involved and, and puts somebody in power so that they can go on talking about it while they're actually doing something else. That's that's my perspective of politics. It's a belief system for people. If you want to subscribe to it, great. But yeah. the, the thing that amazes me is how much time and effort gets put in for so little return and, and without noticing it. I mean, there more and more people are noticing it. Those are the ones who are starting to break away and lose interest in it. But the ones who are still immersed in it, they don't seem to notice how unproductive. It's their God. It's their belief system. Yeah. You know, I talk about uh, I, my only political show that I watch and really only source of anything close to news is I do watch Real Time with Bill Maher. I've always liked Bill Maher. I think he's a smart guy. I love that he has a political show where he has people from both sides on, mm. more left than right, but he definitely has people from both sides on and some extreme people from, from the other side on. Uh, and he opens up dialogue, and that's why I like his show. Mm -hmm. And it kind of keeps me up with, okay, who's the president now? Let me remember. <laughs> so I, I watch his show, and he is a, a staunch atheist. Yeah. And But he has a belief system. Mm -hmm. He has somebody that believes he's a smart guy, and, and he has a big ego, and he believes he's really smart, and he believes he's right, and he puts, you know, he, he, he made the documentary uh, – documentary religious religious hmm. uh, was a great documentary anybody should watch it if you're deeply uh in, in entranced uh, in religion then it might offend you but anybody else i thought it was really well done it was really interesting it's really really interesting and if you're not afraid of things that make you question then you'll, you'll really like it mm -hmm. but his god is politics no yeah mm -hmm. he's very much he's an atheist i i believe that he believes there's nothing out there but you know other than what can be proven in 3d but his his god is politics he he believes that politics is the way forward for, yeah. for humanity mm -hmm. he, it's so easy to see that that's his belief system mm -hmm. but if you speak to him he'll tell you that he's an atheist there's no god there's no this there's no that you're you're believing in this silly book of fairy tales and all of that but then he turns right around and gives all that religious power to politics <laughs> people will give that to, to different things they'll yeah. give it to uh, you know, making money, they'll, they'll give it to sex, they'll sure. give it to all sorts of things that that becomes their God. And they, their belief system is, is that I have to be right about this and I have to be experiencing this. And if I'm not, then I'm not abundant and something's wrong with my life. Mm -hmm. So when I plummeted down my spiral on January 6th of 20, was that 2021? 2020, um, yeah. That I had to stop myself and realize, gosh, I don't give politics this much power. Why am I so upset by mm -hmm. this? You know, and so I put down the phone. I went in the other room and meditated. I've told the story a million times, and in my meditation, I appreciated first, and that's how I get clarity. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, in my appreciation of the people that were breaking into the Capitol and doing all that crazy stuff, I realized that you know they're in their belief system. They are so deep in their belief system that they are risking their lives to go fight for something that they believe is very, very real. Absolutely true. I'm Mr. Belief Systems, and that's my whole thing is, is about belief systems creating your reality for you. I shouldn't demonize someone's belief system that I don't understand or, or agree with. That's dogma, right? You know, my belief system is right, yours is wrong. Well, then I'm in then I am in a another version of the matrix when I'm doing that. So there's no dogma in Taya because I don't think Taya is necessarily the way for everyone. I think it could be, but I, I don't think it is. I think there's value in other belief systems. And, and really what the stream has shown me 
that this tapestry of belief systems, even those that we really disagree with, have that expansive value because that kind of stuff is what creates the obstacles that we move through and expand in and create from. So that, that thing that gives us the platform to create something new that we call a transgressor is always a gift. And you will always see the gift in it when you're in that higher vibration of appreciation of it. Isn't it interesting too how, well, I, mean, I love what you said, by the way, that was just beautifully phrased, uh, but isn't it interesting how when we look at it from afar, and I'm, I'm thinking now particularly of, of the meditation you do in, in uh, what used to be known as Thai boot camp, where, where you kind of go out into space and you look at your problems from you know millions and millions of miles away. Um, when you look at it that way, you get, get gain a, not only a new perspective on it, but you also gain the ability to see where it's beneficial. And the first time that happens, you say, wait a minute, beneficial? What? But then you realize it really is beneficial. And, and the way I like to express it is, um, I, I'm thinking Abraham Hicks right now. Abraham Hicks teaches us that um, you learn about how to get what you want by first identifying what you don't want. My God, we do that all the time. I mean, like every moment preference. of every That's day. The basis of preference. You, you would never have a preference if you didn't know what your preference was away from. Yeah. I don't like that. So then, therefore, I would rather have this. Yeah. Our, that's that's the whole purpose of our ego. In fact, we're going to talk about that on the on the wrap up for uh, expanded and Patreon, is knowing when you're operating in ego and when you're operating in source. Right. So why don't we wrap there? And uh, Walt, I want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for for being on the stream of David. Oh my You pleasure. can find Walt. You're five days a week live, right? Yeah, five days a week. I'm so still where, crazy. How do they find you? Still crazy after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll wait today. You can find it on any of the podcast platforms. Uh, we're on uh, Apple Apple Podcasts. We're on uh, Spotify, uh, all the minor ones, everything in between. Uh, it's kind of hard to miss us. Just look for LOA today. Um, if you have trouble finding them, you just can't seem to get there, you can go to the website, LOAToday.net. And there's actually a particular page you can go to that will give you all the different best choices for finding us. It's LOAToday.net forward slash follow. And you go there and you'll see all like the top 10, 12 different places that you can find us. But uh, um, yeah, we'd love to have you tune in and listen. And uh, if you're one who likes to watch live streams, like if you're watching this particular live stream and you like live streams, join us on the live stream. And probably like, you know, 0.1% of the listeners listen on the live stream, but they make it fun. I mean, yeah. you know what that's yeah, like, right? there, I, I like the questions that come in the live stream. Yeah. Interesting. And draw out new information from stream for sure. Right. Uh, the, the ones that make me, you know, scratch my head and go deep into that stream message, those are the ones I like the best. Like, yeah. you know, when, I, when I'm getting something that I've never gotten before because someone new is asking it in a different way or, or asking it for the first time, I, that's why I love being on your podcast because that happens a lot on there. So it's check fun. it out, everybody. Yeah. All right, Walt. Well, thank you so much for being on. And for those of you that are subscribing to our Patreon, uh, you can jump over to Patreon and we are going to dive just uh, a little bit into the whole how do you know ego and how do you know source uh, for that tool because I think it's a very useful tool. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you soon. This episode doesn't have to end here. You can join us over on Patreon for the roundtable discussion of everything the stream shared today and how to apply it in your life. Join us at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. I hope to see you over there.